Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I'm... <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I'm Oh, I'm Asher. I'm a good person. Oh. <laughs> and I'm baby, baby, baby. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and in case you couldn't baby. tell from our cringing, <laughs> Uh, today we are talking about a TV show again. Today we're talking about The Curse, um, and what a curse it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the latest TV show, uh, for those who are not familiar, from the mind of, uh, Nathan Fielder, uh, but first, like, scripted. The Cringe Master himself. Cringe Master himself. With Benny Safdie, like, who I think just has sorcery over people's blood pressure. (laughs) Um, and then you have- He's the Squirm Master. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, Emma Stone. I, I, I don't think she was involved in like the development of it, but is one of the the main actresses on it who also does a a great job. But we'll get into all of that. Um, I think I, I'm pretty sure all of us are are big fans of uh, of Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay, uh, I love it. Before you go forward with this episode, if you haven't watched Nathan for You, if you haven't watched the rehearsal, what are you doing? Go watch those, (laughs) then come back to this when you're ready, because you won't be ready. Um, But yeah, wonderful (laughs) stuff. Uh, I don't know how familiar we are with the work of... uh, Nathan and and Benny Safdie both um, like worked, collaborated together to write these and direct some of the episodes, et cetera, et cetera. And I think their voices kind of permeate the most here. I don't know how familiar, I'm sure Nick being the cinemaphile that you are, you're super familiar with that. I only knew him from Uncut Gems, which I loved and was a singularly unique cinematic experience that I have never had watching anything else ever. Um, And then about halfway into the season, I was like, hey, that's the guy from Oppenheimer. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Hannah, I don't know if you're familiar with with his work. And Um, after that, Nick, uh, I I don't know how you feel about his other works. I am not really. I mean, my only familiarity going into this was with Nathan and um, Emma Stone. I, you know, I didn't really have like much of a reference for what to expect um for me um i became like very very familiar with benny Safdie, um like you after uncut gems as a director writer that was my first experience with him the Safdie brothers and i love uncut gems too but now i'm more familiar with him over the past couple years as an actor i saw him obviously in oppenheimer um licorice pizza he played a great role in that 
Um, mm. And he did Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. He played a supporting role in that. And I love that recently he's kind of just been popping up as these cool supporting characters in a lot of different things. And I hope he kind of continues to do that. It seems like he wants to go in the acting direction. And yeah. he did great in this show, too. Um, and Nathan Fielder's my boy. So that is a perfect <laughs> combination. I, I will watch anything Nathan does. And but I, I don't want to get too caught up in the weeds on Nathan right now. But, like, for someone who clearly can perform because it's not like he's not performing some manner of character in Nathan for you in the rehearsal, but for someone doing like his first, like I would say proper, like scripted dramatic role. And especially across from Emma stone, I was so impressed with him Mm -hmm. in this, but we'll get into that. He held Um, his own with Emma stone. Oh my God. That was incredible. Um, Unrelated. Academy award winning actress there. Yeah, I knew this show was coming and I was excited for this show. I knew nothing about it, but just because he was involved, I was looking forward to it. Um, But the one that one reminded me that it was coming out once I think the first episode was out and two got me excited to watch it is if you guys look up like Nathan Fielder, the curse, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, He did an interview. (laughs) Oh, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. It's so good for the listeners. If you haven't watched it, even if you've already watched the show, it's just really funny because he's known for doing his talk show antics and he comes out in this ridiculous character all because of a bad review he got for his performance on the show. Um, And uh, I just, I love to see it. But uh, Nick, for the listeners at home who may not know anything about this, how would you describe this show? Like, if you're pitching it to someone, what is this show? Well, uh, that's the thing. I think being familiar with Nathan first is important before getting yourself into the curse because Mm -hmm. it's not quite a prestige drama show. It's not quite a comedy. It definitely toes the line in a couple of different places. Um, I think it's more kind of a, a story that shines a light on, you know, reality TV and the the exploitation involved with reality TV mm-hmm. and it uses both drama and comedy to to cover that topic it's about two reality TV people that want to get into that business and are kind of you know um trying to make a show on this little small town um and putting homes there but in the process there's a lot of things that you know go awry with trying to do that and it tackles like you know the class differences and and you know people's true intentions with certain yeah. things um and as a side plot, there's this curse that's involved, yeah, whether, yeah. you know, to, to not to go too much farther into that, but that's, that's also something that's, that's a part of the yeah. show too, you know, um, for, for the listeners, we will stay spoiler free. If we ever do feel the need to cross into the spoiler zone, we'll give you plenty of notice mm-hmm. so that you can pause and leave. This might be an episode that you, it might be helpful if you're deciding to watch the show. It might be more enjoyed once you've watched it and you can kind of understand some of the things we're hinting at. Um, but, I, and I don't know about for you, Nick, but I know Hannah and I have talked about it a lot since we watched it, which we watched it as it was releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is this show and describing the show to someone trying to make the pitch is like the hardest question to answer Mm -hmm. with this. And it is also (laughs) a, um, to me personally, I think one of the shortcomings of the show where like I had so much trust in the people who were making it. Uh, and 
we'll we'll get into the specifics. You know, it, it's not like a complete letdown, but it is kind of um, I I struggled to understand what the show was trying to do at times. Because it covers so much ground that I was like, oh, surely there's like a clear cut, like they're building to something. I just don't know what it is. And I don't know that they ever were building to any single concrete thing. Because, again, like general synopsis, I guess, of the plot, more so than what the show as an entity is, (laughs) is it is this couple who have created these passive homes, which are supposed to be, you know, friendly for the environment, energy conserving, yada, yada, yada. And they are making an HGTV style uh, TV show that is showing them building the homes and integrating themselves into the community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then as the show goes on, it introduces a lot of additional side plots and kind of like tangents and just like issues that are tied up in that. Like you see uh, from the get go, they uh, are acknowledging and kind of tangling a little bit with the idea of like indigenous peoples and like land rights and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, they, you definitely see, yeah, like the class differences and like, you know, income, that sort of thing. Uh, you also see like the exploitation inherent in the reality TV, but you're also seeing the exploitation of like their tenants and the gentrification. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, without spoiling anything, like, kind of the privilege and the masquerading and like concealing parts of your identity and trying to present yourself as something else so that you can do this thing in these communities that you may not actually be a part of or yeah I'm doing this nice thing but secretly there's also a lot of profit in it for me if I sell this home or when the prices go up or when the TV comes out there is there's just there's a lot going on and then it also starts to get kind of like artsy in mm-hmm. that I Nathan get, gets artsy. Nathan likes to make people squirm. Um, but I think there's that uniquely, again, I'm thinking of Uncut Gems, that very unique sense of tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes even yeah. just through the cinematography at times where you're like, why? Why is this so uncomfortable? I don't understand. Nothing's happening. Why? Why is? Why am I so creeped out? Which is a very interesting journey to take. Like, I like things that make me feel um, especially in media, like, you know, I, I enjoy my media, but I feel like sometimes I have a slightly higher, like, tolerance to, like, feeling as I'm watching. And this show is very good at making you feel. And everything is intentional, again, without getting too into it. But, like, <laughs> the ending. Oh, my God, the ending. Yeah. Like, oh, my everything God. Everything in the show is intentional. And you can draw a lot of lines. You can draw symbolism. You can draw, like, multiple meanings out of everything. But also one of the things for me, just like as an as a top level looking down at the show as a whole and also again thinking about the ending, is that while there is a lot of metaphor and like whatever, like I I don't know, like at times I wasn't sure what the actual point was. It, yeah. it almost felt a little too scattered for me. Yeah. And, we and had, I know you have thoughts on that yeah, too. Yeah, well we had many, many moments watching it because we liked to watch it like while we were eating. And like I get um I have social anxiety. I get very uncomfortable. But like I it's not that I don't like watching that kind of stuff, but I can get very easily uncomfortable with awkward like yeah. interactions especially. And I also want to say like Emma Stone oh. just like took that and ran with it. I feel like she matched Nathan's like she made me squirm. I, I mean, many she, a time. she encapsulated exactly the character that they were shooting yes. for to the point where like 
at times people I know who exhibit some of those Karen-like <laughs> qualities, I was like, dog, I just heard this person's voice come out of her mouth. Yeah, it was oh, crazy. Oh my God. But I know yeah. that there were several moments where like, we would be like, oh, like, what what are we watching today? Because me and John are watching like a lot of TV. And I'm like, oh, there's a new episode of The Curse. Do you want to watch it? And it's like, yeah, but I still don't know what I'm watching. I know that I want to watch it. I know that I like watching it. But as far as being like, you know, I still don't know how I feel about it, but I'm going to click play anyway because it's like... It was still entertaining. I was intrigued. I was intrigued. That was what it was. I was very intrigued, but I still wasn't super clear on like what genre of show it was supposed to be sometimes. And I wasn't super clear on what message they were sending because it felt like, like John said, there were a lot of them. Not that they didn't send those messages well, but like, I don't think I could sum up the show in like one theme you know yeah, what I mean? which is not necessarily a bad thing no. but i do think again personally and the way i received the media i've only watched it once i'm not the kind of person who watches it four times and takes <laughs> notes and like dissects all the which there's a lot of v- value and entertainment in that but i'm speaking about from someone like me who like i will watch it and i will engage with it deeply during the watching but beyond that i'm not going back and dissecting stuff too much aside from like maybe the conversations we're having after the show and that sort of thing like it did sometimes feel like a weakness and ultimately um you know as far as the weaknesses the show does have it's kind of scattered like you know lack of definition i guess like like it's it's lack of of deciding to declare that, you know, this was the point or these two or three things were the main focus. I do feel like it hurt the series a little bit once I got to the end and I never got that payoff that I guess I was imagining was going to come. Um, but Nick, I'm curious to hear how you felt about like, yeah, like the themes and its definition as someone who I believe you were able to, you watched it after it was all out. So you were able to consume it all in quick succession. How did it land for you? Yeah, I I binged it all pretty much at once because I did like the week free trial. So I'm like, well, I got seven days to get through this. And that's <laughs> nice. that's what I did. Um, I I kinda, I really disagree. I mean, okay. I I could not wait to just jump right into the next one. I was like more, 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 more. And I don't. Yes, the genre thing of like, what is it? It played with a whole bunch of different genres. It mm-hmm. was a comedy. It was a drama. It was sometimes a horror, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. in the way it made you feel uneasy. But in essence, like the message it was tackling to me, at least. And again, th- this show is an art piece. It a is. lot of it like what Nathan is. Fielder does. So um, there's so many different interpretations, which is so what's so cool about this, along with everything else he does. Yeah. But at its core, the show is about that. Um, you, you, know, the, you know, he does this in the rehearsal to just like tackling the tropes and the um, the shortcomings of what reality TV stars mm-hmm. are going for and the, the almost the virtue signaling of these, you know, yeah. <laughs> white yeah. people. It's like, you're saying all the right things, but like to what gain are you trying to get social media clout? Are you just trying to get further in your career? You know, does it come from a good place? A lot of that has to do with Emma Stone's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just the, the film industry too, the commentary, you know, on Benny Safdie's character and like the only way people are going to watch this show, is if we make it entertaining like let me take over let me make this show make people want to watch it you know mm-hmm. it it goes into a lot of those different things and i think 
for the most part, it doesn't finish those plot threads in a lot of cases, but that is the commentary underneath it all. And, and, you know, Emma Stone's interactions too with the, the Native American characters and, and all that, those cringy moments with her talking with her friend. And again, like, what are your intentions here? What are you trying to do? Um, all that comes back to the, the exploitation of these HDTV or reality shows that, um, you know, you have to be fascinated with to make a show like this. But um, if you focus a lot on the title of that, The Curse, no, don't do that. Um, I think maybe that's that's where you're left either satisfied or unsatisfied. That's where I think like there is a side plot going on here that's like maybe not what this show is about. Mm-hmm. But it's a Nathan Fielder, Benny Safty project, so of course that's going to play a part yeah. in it too. Um, that's where maybe the ending kind of threw some people off. I loved it, um, and I love that it didn't answer every single little um, question that there was. Uh, but but overall, I I really liked the the themes that were in here. Yeah. Um, and again, the the moral questions that it posed, like you know the people that were living in that house and. Um, how those moments were tackled mm-hmm. as well. They, I just thought it was all very well done. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, 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 I really like hearing like your thoughts on it because I completely agree with you that this show is definitely an art piece. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than, yeah. you know, some things like try to be artsy. And I think this thing maybe is trying to be artsy, but I think, I think it accomplishes it. And it really does open up to like a lot of interpretations and also just, a matter of taste like it it will not be everyone's cup of tea which i don't think is a bad thing things don't need to appeal to everyone um i have only very lightly dipped my toe into it but it looks like the discussions on the curse subreddit are very interesting um yeah yeah people are are getting into it over there but uh um yeah one of one of it, it's interesting to me that like to you it felt like it had a, a clear, I guess, message on, um, especially with like reality TV and the artifice of it. Whereas to me, like, I really think the reality TV was like, kind of like in The Walking Dead, the show's really not about zombies. It's just a situation, or at least that's that was the promise behind the show at the very least. Um, I felt like that was the, the situation with The Curse, where it was just like, here's a setup, but like, it... To me, while it does comment on it, it was not the main focus of it at all. And I, uh, but I wonder but the, if... the separate ideas are all like kind of entangled with each other and tied together because it seems like the overarching theme is like the many forms of exploitation, especially, you know, around white people and corporations mm-hmm. and all of this. And more so because this is a very character driven piece also like kind of the self delusions that a lot of people fall into and just like how really blind we can be to our own intentions despite how like glaringly obvious it can be on the surface yeah but then it dips into like so many different manifestations of that that to me especially by the time we arrived to the end i was waiting for it to tie up together and like you said it doesn't really tie everything up together and i think that it does and it doesn't need to i don't think if, i think because it did. if you want like a very clear narrative beginning middle end like this is the ending point i think that's a different show i don't think that's what this show is um yeah and you know the rehearsal was kind of like that too i think it's trying to do something different here so for me no not a hundred thousand percent satisfying but it doesn't necessarily need 
to end in a neat little see, bow for me personally. I, see, I, I, and wonder- I also love. I, I love the the side commentary too. I I don't know. This is kind of how I read it with him going to the comedy classes in the show. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, is this kind of meta? Like, is this Nathan Fielder expressing like I don't know comments that he's gotten on his own comedy because sure. he's definitely an acquired taste of like you either like love him or you do not get what he's doing at yeah. all or you, you just don't care for him. So yeah. I'm like maybe he threw that into the script too. It's like I don't know, just. They're talking about a lot of different things, and I guess that can be confusing for sure. But I do like what they were talking about and how they presented it. Absolutely. I mean, I wonder, John, if we would have had a different experience if we were able to watch them all in close succession instead of have to go with time in between them. Because I do think that with the time in between them, it kind of made it muddy for me sometimes because it didn't feel like... Like, I was also kind of like, oh, I want to know what the next one's. I want to see where they go with that. Like, what's going to happen? And then it's like the next episode, it's almost like that thing, like, never happened or, like, they're just not going to touch on it. And maybe that's just how I, like, like to watch shows where I like cliffhangers. I like the resolution of the cliffhangers. Otherwise, it just is like okay, now there's another cliff and now I'm on a different cliff and then a different cliff. And like, it's not that I didn't like that and I didn't like what they were saying. It was more like I I can get very satisfied when they resolve things. But when when you bring up too much and then you don't really resolve like anything, because I was like, I think some of the time jumps, although I understand why they happened, confused me because like, it was like, oh, and now they've finished the show and we're like in a completely different state of mind it didn't there were a lot of questions that i had that just never got answered and i understand that like they don't have to, answer to me, all of them that stuff is just details like it, it, to, to me with the show if they did jump to another point or didn't finish something to me that was saying like doesn't matter like this is what matters right now like we don't need all those little things that happen in between we're here now because this is what happened what happened and you could infer as the episode goes on okay they they did this they did this to get here we we don't need all the little things say the perfect example is one episode starts off with benny safty's character and i will not go into it (laughs) not what happens but it is very much a side story with him about something that occurs that is off screen and you don't get to really see what goes on there. Um, and I thought that whole sequence was brilliant of like, okay, he, he's doing this thing for the first 10 minutes of the episode and you could kind of put the pieces together, but also not really, you don't get to see what happened off screen, but I'm like, I love that. I don't want to see what happens off screen. I want to have like a, a, a weird idea in my head of what he did the day before. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a lot of what the show does too. I, I yeah. agree with you in that aspect, Nick. And to to touch on like your thought, Hannah, because I also thought the same thing. I was like, would I have enjoyed it more if I was able to watch them all in quick succession? But I don't think I would have because my problem is not with like the gaps in the episodes themselves. Mm-hmm. I think the problem that I've been referring to is really just that like. I don't think it had a, a clear resolution and and I don't think it I think it liked to ask a lot of questions, which is fun. Um, but it was not really interested in having an answer at all, which again is a valid approach as well, especially because a lot of the questions they're asking are like big kind of like things that 
don't have clear-cut answers, and you can argue that that's part of the point. But if we also want to look back to like what Nick mentioned with like the rehearsal not having a clear structure, that's true. But I do think the rehearsal does tie its threads together and does have something to say and says it and reaches a conclusion. It's not about saying this is the prescription for the problems that we're facing. Mm -hmm. It's just here's what I have to say. End of story. Whereas this was like, it's kind of like a tree, right? Like whatever we start in the first episode. And as we go, these branches start to come out. Right. And when we finish the final episode, you know, we're viewing the end point of maybe one of the branches, but so many of them are just kind of left floating in a way that was not satisfying to me. It was interesting. Uh, yes, it was very interesting, but I don't think the show is satisfying. And I know it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. I find that satisfying as well. Like, I love that about Nathan's work. I just, it it felt like something was missing It like, me. honestly, to me, it feels like it's not even finished. Like, like, because it's not that it didn't have an ending. Like, uh, it doesn't. What I mean by that is not that they didn't have, like, a finale, because they definitely did. But I have so many gaps that it's like I watched a different show every episode, which I know is like like part of the point, I guess. But it kind of made it hard to like fully follow sometimes and not follow, but a different show. Well, no, I thought I, a different show. I don't know. I thought like, it was pretty darn consistent. And again, I felt, I felt it was consistent. Not yeah. like not consistent. But what I mean is like it felt like the story Instead of it being linear, and I know not every story has to be linear, it almost was like a squiggly line, which I know is probably what it's like meant to be doing. But maybe I'm just the kind of viewer that like when you leave so many things like you you put attention on it, you spend time with it. The viewer is like, I'm interested in that. And then you like never touch on it again. I guess maybe I like being a viewer that loves to see those things grow. I was thinking about things that were clearly like not important anymore and was waiting for like to find out yeah, more it's, information. It's pretty about it. scattered because it yeah. touches on so many subjects mm -hmm. and it could be that the show has decided it said all it has to say, but a lot of, again, to me, what it feels like is what it has to say is look at this thing or here's this question. That's it. The show doesn't really have much to say other than like, Oh, that kind of sucks. Think about that. And then that's it, which is just, it's its a matter of taste. Again, like with an art piece, like it really is. Is that what you like? Do you like to just be left to your own ruminations? I feel like especially in something that was scripted and that had a, a progressive story like this, I would have liked to have seen it reach some manner of conclusion where a lot of things well, don't. Some things do, And the show too commented... Don't. It commented on what you're saying. It's it's the the scene where there's a literal art museum and we get a plot thread about that, yeah. about, you know, we, we, we view something and in the moment you're like, what the heck was that? Even the characters are like, uh, what yeah. does that mean? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> and then like episodes later, you get a slight payoff to that. Like, yes. all right, yes. this is what it means. You're not supposed to know necessarily in the moment, but you know, there, there is an answer too. And it's true that not everything has an answer in this show. There are a lot of questions posed, but I don't know. That's real life to me, too. Like, we don't have answers to some of these things uh, right now either. It's just like, 
this is what it is. What, what do you think, viewer? You know, absolutely. Um, but the show itself is not really about all those supporting things going on. It's about the two of them. It, Whitney, I think, is yes. her name, yes. and Asher, yes. mm-hmm. and their story. I think has a very clear. Beginning, middle, and end, and the end is definitive. Like, <laughs> I, just, this is I gotta how say, I have story. I, ends. I have not laughed as loud and hard as I did during the finale. <laughs> watching something in probably literal years. Oh my god! See, I know. I've just had my mouth open with my hand over my mouth, where I was like, "Wait, is this real? Like, is this serious?" I was like, "Uh, what?" Yeah, I think literally, and that's where the Nathan I'm, Fielder of it all comes back. Yeah. This is where Benny Safdie took a bad seat, and he's like, "All right, I'm writing the finale. Here we go." Yeah. You know, I yeah. think the the cleaner, better ending to this show would have been maybe what you thought it was um, going into it, or as it progressed, you're like, "Oh, okay, now I kind of understand what this is about." And then you know, it, it whips back around to the other end of like, "Oh no, this is what's going yeah. on." Yeah. Um, in that sense, no, that might not have been the the best choice for the end, but it's definitely a fun choice, and it brought kind of like the comedy back into it all. And um, it, it, again, if you're if you're expecting that that neat bow with the show, this is not the show for you because um, it's it's doing something different, yeah. No, yeah. which is just an important thing to know. Yeah, for sure. I just want to say Nathan put his whole. Asher Rossi into that no. scene. I just want to say, like, I was like, damn, like, do you hear him? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I like that was uh, granted, he does a great job throughout the whole show, but that Absolutely. was like, that was acting with a capital I know, A. I, I was believe like, wow. it, man. You I know? was like, you know what? I'm scared too. But anyway, like- <laughs> um, Nick, how, uh, so the, the thing with, again, from my perception, is that these are two pretty, like, fundamentally on or three unlikable characters just like down to their core there are aspects of them like any you know they're not flat they they do have things where like man sometimes i'm rooting for this one person and then you know they turn around and i see this other like awful aspect of them where i'm just like oh man and that is a pretty tricky line to ride like nathan makes people uncomfortable but i at least in my opinion i would never say he's unlikable in the other stuff he watches, he's just awkward and uncomfortable. When you talk about unlikable, you're getting into, uh, you know, I would think of shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I need to try to watch again. But like the first two times I've tried getting through it, I literally just like hate the characters so much that I haven't been able to continue. <laughs> so having a show with, I guess, in my opinion, unlikable characters, like how did they come across for you guys? And like, how did you feel you were like rooting for maybe them or the story or whatever as we went and we kind of saw their relationships develop? I definitely agree with you that um, I sometimes I would cherry, not cherry pick, but I would bounce between who I was rooting for. And I think that that was purposeful. I definitely think that they kind of mapped it out where it's like, this is an Asher episode. This is a Whitney episode. This is a... Um, Dougie. Dougie episode and in that I would always find empathy like I mean yeah. granted they also showed those characters doing like very flawed things but I would definitely kind of wing- ring around where I would be like oh man like I feel really bad for Asher right now yeah. in the next episode I would be like I don't I don't feel bad for him at all now like yeah, and it kind yeah. of it felt very human and also sometimes I would be like oh Dougie 
And yeah. sometimes I'd be like, Dougie, what the fuck, man? Like, man, so fuck Dougie. I'll fuck them all. But yeah, like, like yeah. but I would definitely, they, they did a great job of it being like, oh, but like humans, like they're fucked up, man. And sometimes yeah. they do fucked up things. And then sometimes they recognize they did or sometimes like really fucked up things happen to them. And then you're like, oh, man. So I definitely feel like it was purposeful and like spotlighted um, different characters that um, showed like things about them that just made them a yeah. little more well-rounded instead of like, this is a horrible person. It's like, yeah, they do horrible things, but also like it's because they're deeply unhappy, like mm-hmm, kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? They the, the cool thing is they didn't just do that with the audience watching the characters on screen. They did that with the characters yeah. to themselves where there was one yeah. character that clearly doesn't like this character and they made a note of that, but they did something different where the first character is like, Oh wait, I'm kind of sympathizing with you now learning more information from them as like a human being. Yes. They're awful overall, but there's also that like, connectiveness that you could find in someone else and i thought that was super cool where we're not just doing that but like the characters are doing that too overall yes a lot of them were kind of vile and unlikable but um they they were definitely three-dimensional i will say that in the way that i was very interested in what was going on with them and occasionally i found myself yeah switching allegiances between some of them and um yeah it it was super cool I also, um, I, I mean, one, totally agree with you. Like, I, you know, whatever. Again, it's an art piece. So, like, I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about, like, kind of the high-level overview of the show as a whole. But especially when you zero in on, like, on the characters. Like, there is no doubt, whether you like it or not, that this is a well-done show. Whether you like the direction they took, I think that, you know, everything about it is is pretty spot-on well done. Now, one of the things that is perhaps an interesting conversation that like, I don't, I don't, you could probably debate this back and forth for like forever is that this being a story that is very centered around exploitation and exploitation of Mm -hmm. minorities of, you know, of different kinds Mm -hmm. for different reasons and all of that. Um, it is still centered around three white people, which again, it has things to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think like there's an interesting, I, I've seen a couple of people, especially talking about like, you know, there's one character uh, who is featured not heavily, but like whose presence in the story is a big deal, like Abshir. And then there are other characters throughout, et cetera, et cetera, that like might be viewed as props in the story more so than like full characters, which I think is actually an accurate assessment. I would say that a, a lot of these kind of secondary tertiary like minority characters are props. They're they're not really shown um fully. We don't get to see too many facets of them, but I think it fits because they're props it's to the main character. Exactly. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that intentional? Is that the purpose? Yeah, I think it is. But I think it's like, oh, do I really want to watch a story about terrible white people? That's fine. If you don't want to watch that, it's it's not the show for you because it is, pre- I it think, is pretty, pretty objectively a story yeah. about terrible white people. Um, but I, I, I find that interesting. But yeah, just like a thought I was interested in raising and like how that came across to you guys. Because there, there were, you know, with any story, you choose an angle and you choose what you're going to show and all of that. There were other angles to the story that also could have been very interesting um but i think this also i guess to tie it back into the reality tv aspect of it it does kind of mimic that like you kind of need these trash people to watch because otherwise 
it's almost like too sad and terrible to see. You kind of need to be able to be like, that's the person I don't like right now. And we're going to kind of laugh at how awful this is. Oh, I loved the part. um, Oh, wait, sorry. That's a very specific part. But there is a (laughs) moment where um, the main character is like uh, speaking to one of her friends who is a representative of the Native American community. And she asks like what an art piece meant Mm -hmm. and the way that it was described and the way that she laid it out. Um, was like very telling and very like um. I God, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it's what Nick was touching on a little bit earlier. Exactly. Yeah. And like it was so uncomfortable. Not like it wasn't uncomfortable that she said it because I was like, oh damn. It was more like just to see the face of the character like processing and like every time she was like, oh, just to see the blatant either complete like lack of awareness or the lack of care like because it sometimes it was both sometimes it was like oh dog she really doesn't want to talk to you right now and like this character like cannot tell and sometimes it was like i feel like she's just forcing her way i I don't think it's care i really think the show at least especially with the direction it took a lot of the characters but one character in particular is Mm -hmm. just like here is like your ability to delude yourself about things that like it's not oh I didn't notice it's like you are people have a a remarkable capacity for just ignoring things that they don't want to see yes Um, and yeah it was it's it's a cringy awful train wreck but it's one that i enjoy i like being uncomfortable uh at times mm-hmm. i you know I, I enjoy that kind of humor even though here it's used more in like a horror movie sense <laughs> um but yeah I, I think those moments are where the show shines but also could is probably too much for a lot of people because i know mm. people who can't even watch like the office you would vanish you would die. trying yeah. to watch this no for sure um yeah which brings me around to the directing. How do we feel about the directing? Because goddamn, dude can make anything just so unsettling. Yeah, I was going to say there were so many camera angles that made me like literally grip my blanket because I was like, something's obviously about to happen. And then it wasn't anything. And it, I feel A lot like of close ups too. Yeah. 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 Where it was like zooming in on something. And I was like, is it? is it showcasing something like what's this for and i think that it kind of made it so that they did it so many times that when there was actually something i like it wasn't i don't know it was like oh shit what's gonna happen i was like gripping my blanket and then it was like oh it's just the title screen okay like (laughs) (laughs) like well that's that's brilliant i think that you know a lot of great horror directors too try to do that um a lot of the good <laughs> horror directors where the tension is there and it's building up oh god what's gonna happen it's the fear of something might happen and even if it never does you still felt that fear longer than just a two-second jump scare where yes um mm-hmm. the, it, it lingers there for the next one too they're not trying to make a horror you know the tv show here at least i don't think they are so um that that definitely was a funny you know, element to add to the show overall, yeah. but that's that's quality directing of it was able to to keep you in that spot of tension for a good amount of time, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely a skill uh, that 
this the, my man Benny Safdie is uh, honed in. Uh, Hannah, you gotta watch Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah, you I do. To. I know we have that. It on is. Yeah. Like, oh my I, god, I, so good. Uh, Uncut Gems is like mandatory viewing for the human experience. <laughs> I've never felt that that heightened level of discomfort for that long. Mm. Like, it's just, it's so interesting yeah. that it is possible to create fiction that can do that to someone. Like, it, I find that endlessly fascinating. <laughs> um, they also, they made that movie with um, Robert Pattinson. I forget what it was called. Like, that High out? Life or High Time or something. It's been like that was like 2018, I want to say. Oh, I thought I, I read something about it, but I thought it was coming out. I didn't realize oh. it was already out. No, it was already out. So you might yeah. like that if you like Question, their stuff. I'm 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 curious, Nick. Have you seen and did you like The Lighthouse and The Green Knight? I loved The Green Knight. I didn't love The Lighthouse, but those are very different directors. <laughs> yes, they're they're very different, but the reason I ask is and I don't know if you agree with me, but like, I think that this is in a similar vein. I will come out front and say I hated both of them. <laughs> um, I I went to watch them. The Green Knight. We were like, it was just. Oh, me you hated the people. Green Knight. We laughed the whole <sighs> way through. We were the it was me and two of my friends and we were the only people in a tiny movie theater. And I had heard so many good things. I was so excited. And then we were just laughing our asses off being like, what the fuck am I watching? Um, Yikes. Yeah. Granted, again, these are like artsy movies. These are very artsy movies. And I think that this falls into a similar camp, which is why I find the discussion on it like very interesting and to see what people like and what they take out of it and all of that. But those two movies, I would almost say The Lighthouse more than The Green Knight. Um, but the yeah, the, the Lighthouse especially, I find that like I was like, wow, watching this. I can tell that you guys really experienced something. You felt something like as artists and actors and whatever, you had some transformative experience, like some, uh, it's well, the only, the only ref frame of reference I have that nobody else is going to get. But you, Nick is like, you had a real chrysalata moment here. Like you found something weird and it was real to you. But as an audience well, no, member, you I know was what like, it is. This doesn't do anything for me. That's true. But all it is, is, and I don't mean this in a pretentious way. And I challenge like the mm -hmm. audience to do this too. our audience that are listening here. Um, yeah. Just watch more movies and watch more TV shows. Don't just stick with the, the Marvels, the, the, um, yeah. the Indiana Jones don't, don't just stick to the franchise films, branch out and watch the art house movies because you are not going to like all of them. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. A lighthouse isn't for me, but then you go and watch a green night and you might like that. You try, uh, the witch or you try like go through like a 24's filmography, you know, the more you experience, experience yeah yeah the more that you experience though the more that you'll start to appreciate a lot more of them mm -hmm. um and it, that just comes from you know consuming more media which a lot of people don't have time for but my thing with the curse too is i, I can't recommend this to everyone because a lot of the people that i know just don't watch this kind of yeah. thing mm -hmm. if you click on like the top three recommended for netflix you're gonna hate this yes. I, i'm gonna tell yes, you agreed. don't watch it yeah. but if you branch out to like a whole bunch of different things and experience different genres and forms of media and culture like then, then give it a try you might still not like 
like it. It's, it's not for everyone, but um, you can at least find like an appreciation for it, which I think you guys do too, Absolutely. whether you like it or not. There's like an appreciation. One hundred percent. That's so. that's why. Also, when you said you were going to start watching it, I was like, please watch it quickly because I want to do an episode mm-hmm. because I I had a feeling that one way or another you would have interesting thoughts on it, and I re- I really wanted to hear some of it because it is such a. Again, I I didn't draw the comparison to those two films to be like I hated the curse or these two <laughs> films are garbage. Like no, but just <laughs> the this kind of more ethereal kind of artsy thing where like it does have something to say, but like not everyone will get it or you won't agree with it or straight up, you know, with entertainment like you just might not like it and that's valid right like there are different things that you draw out of it and different places to draw enjoyment from and so this is such an interesting like art piece especially from someone who like if honestly if it hadn't been nathan fielder and benny Safdie, like if this were like a random whatever like someone someone just said oh watch the show and i didn't recognize anyone in it i didn't know anything I I don't know if it was like if the production quality was a little lower than maybe two episodes in, I might have been like, "Ah, I don't think this is for me. But like I kind of I kind of trusted in their vision. And so like I, you know, we went on the journey and I I don't regret going on the journey, whether I, you know, whether at the end of the day I like it or can recommend it to you or not. It's an interesting ride. uh, And I definitely think they accomplish a lot with it. Again, at the Did end. you ever watch Tar, the movie Tar with uh, Kate Blanchett? No. Admittedly, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we've we've talked about this a lot, but, like, I unfortunately just don't get watch enough movies. I do watch a lot of TV, though. I, I don't know why that medium really does it for me, more so than films at times. Um, well, but, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> TV's better now than ever, so like, good on you. Like the 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 amount of like really good movie quality TV shows that are out there now to consume is great. So like, mm-hmm. that's awesome if you watch a ton of TV. But yeah, um, Tar. I was gonna make kind of a similar comparison to the other movies that you mentioned. Of like, it stars a, a character that is like three dimensional, but also unlikable. You don't know whether to root for them or not. Yeah, it's yeah. a similar way to this. And then it ends in a way that you're like, not at all expecting it to end. And you kind of have to pull like what the movie was, was really talking about. And that one too, I think has a clear message at the end of the day. But I, if you had seen that, I was going to be like, well, there's, there's similarities yeah. between the two things, but yeah. yeah, there's also like, I, we can't talk about it without spoiling it, but there's so many interesting things. Cause like, the ending of the show is very interesting. I'll say I'll say that much. Um, whether you like it or hate it or whatever, <laughs> it's very interesting. And at first blush, it does feel like it's so wackadoo and random. But when you look back, like again, it's why it's such an interesting thing to talk about. It is very purposeful. They set up everything in like ways that are so subtle that like I would I'd be tempted to say they almost don't even count um <laughs> but they do set everything up so like it's not like someone just had a random idea like it was built into the show whether it was built in adequately again is like another kind of discussion that you could have just about that last episode in and of itself um but yeah I don't know I I find it fascinating and i would love to i haven't seen it but i i think benny safety just recently did like a little interview about it now that the whole show is out i would love to sit in a room with the two of them and just be like okay please like walk me through and i know this defeats the purpose of like thinking through the art but like i just want to hear from a creator's perspective like 
why and what led to these decisions. And like, it's, it's so interesting. I, I would love to talk a little bit about that, like off mic with you, but. Um, and you got to ask Benny Safty because Nathan Fielder will never tell you. He's like a magician. Oh, no. oh, he does facts. not <laughs> talk about uh-huh. his stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Do we have other things we want to touch on before we like give our summary and the vote? I wish we could spoil because I have so many questions. Yeah. Uh, how about after the vote, ask all of your questions, but here's the rule, okay? You can ask the questions, but we cannot comment or give an answer. Just ask your questions oh, and it's the end of the episode. Oh, man. Damn. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess in the case of the curse, should you buy it, though? Um. Okay. I think you should buy it, though, to make an opinion for yourself, because I think everyone should give it a try, and I know that yeah. it won't be for everyone, but you'll never know. Like, I definitely think that everyone should at least try. That's that's fair, and I, I'm tempted to give a similar answer. Um, if I'm looking at it through the lens through which I have lately tried to do these reviews, which is like, if you're like me... Is it worth your time and or money? And this is hard to get a hold of. Like we watched it on Amazon Prime, but we had to get like an add-on thing. Mm -hmm. Guys, being a consumer sucks now because I hate Amazon and they're injecting more ads into the service and I want to cancel the service. But then it's like, see, I'm sure I'm sure the show has commentary on this, too. But it's (laughs) like, am I willing to not watch the curse? You know, like didn't they say? Oh, sorry. That's a spoiler. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> point is, uh, yeah, it, it's relevant. That said, um, I do think, and I'm coming off of Baldur's Gate 3, which I have interesting opinions now that we've finished it. The ending has changed how I feel about the game well, ever so slightly. I think a very specific <gasps> part no, of it yes. really. is... Oh, I got to hear that off mic. I would still vote you should buy it, though, but I have thoughts. Yeah. Um, but anyways, with wow. the curse... It was it was an interesting ride. Um, I found it like I don't just like intriguing, but at the end of the day, like I don't know that I felt super satisfied at the end. Like I felt kind of hollow after well, the ending, but like not not a good hollow. Like wow, I can't believe that just happened. Like I was just kind of like that's that's where we went after the ten episodes. And so, honestly, in retrospect, and this is hard, I, I still think you should probably watch it to make up your own opinion. But if you are like me, which I've I've seen several like reviews of the finale being similar, similar sentiments of like, I trusted that they were leading us somewhere interesting. And I feel like at the end, they didn't lead me somewhere satisfying in a way that I would vote you should not buy it, though, again, if you're like me, because it it was just a, a journey to almost nowhere but not really it's hard again it's art Mm -hmm. but for me i think i would have rather have spent my time watching another intriguing quality show that might lead somewhere that i was a little more satisfied with in the end so Mm -hmm. it's a should not buy it though for me but a very like a very weak should not buy it though if that makes sense Like should not buy it though asterisks yeah (laughs) yeah super like like 12 asterisks yeah (laughs) i wonder if that's part of it too, of like, yeah, leads you somewhere. It's going to be an interesting ending only for like nothing to happen. And you yeah. could argue like, oh, a lot of HGTV does that of like playing with the drama. Like, oh, look at sure. this thing. Isn't this cool what we're doing? Only yeah. for absolutely nothing to happen. And even worse, some people lose those homes in the end <laughs> that they're stuck with with HGTV. 
like in fucking Hell's Kitchen, we're in the the preview at the end. It makes it look like these two characters like are in love, or these two characters were fighting, and then you watch the actual episode, and there's they're nothing, nothing like that at nothing. all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely yeah. an interesting um, potential point. I'm gonna say you should buy it. Um, hey, I love it to death. But also, if you're not like me and this isn't your thing, I still think you should give it a try. Um, yeah, because. You know, in the spirit of what I said before, of like watch more things, consume more things, because um, this is not something that a lot of people would, um, you know, be into at first glance. But, you know, if you watch it, you you might find something interesting out of it. In the ending, at first, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, what? Like, I didn't know that's where it was going either. By the end yeah. of it, I'm like, that is so cool that we decided <laughs> to do that. And it's interesting. <laughs> Does it make sense? Maybe not. But it was just wild. And I kind of love those those big swings mm-hmm. um speaking of buying it i wish it was not on showtime on paramount plus i kind of wish it was on like hbo or somewhere that more people could watch yeah. it i yeah. feel like if this was a netflix show with emma stone in it it would have gotten way 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 more national attention than it did and yeah. it's still got a big amount of attention because all those those three leads have a big fan base but I feel like it kind of gotten so much more. My, uh, the running theory is that they did pitch it to HBO, but a lot of HBO's thing is running those like HGTV or like reality shows. They make their money off of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So people are saying, I think they denied it and they mm-hmm. had to go to Paramount Plus to put this show on, um, which is kind of interesting if that's true. But overall, I'm just going to say you should watch it, though. You should buy it, though. I love Nathan Fielder. I do love Nathan Fielder, but yes. So, in the case of The Curse, you should buy it, though. Though, 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 asterisks, asterisks, asterisks. Yeah. (laughs) Weird, weird wackadoodle show, guys. So spoiler zone, strange. spoiler zone, spoiler zone. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, listeners, we're we're entering the spoiler zone, but this spoiler zone will be a little different than the others. We'll just be asking you some questions. So, if you don't care about spoilers, I guess stick around and listen to the questions. If you do care about spoilers, go watch the curse and then come back and I don't know, uh, thread at us. I don't want to say tweet at us. <laughs> Everything is a late stage capitalist hellscape. Just the state of us. streaming, <laughs> the online everything, it's all garbage. But anyways, go watch The Curse. Find us on social media, uh, the billionaire of your choice. So. <laughs> and uh and t- and tweet your <laughs> answers uh to these questions. Um I'll start. Why baby? I'll start. Um, were Whitney and Kara actually friends or? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, I broke my rule. (laughs) Were Whitney and Kara actually friends or was Whitney so delusioned that she just squeezed herself in there? I have one question. Who cursed Nathan Fielder? (gasps) Can I give one answer? Yeah. You can, you can thread it, post it, tweet it, Instagram it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) The Wizard of Loneliness. (laughs) Damn. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you enjoyed this and you want to hear us talk about more things, uh, please consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash should I buy. Um, and if you enjoy our dynamic and you want to see our weird show that answers questions and doesn't lead you anywhere satisfying, consider <laughs> checking out Dungeons and Drimbus. I'm kidding. It, I, it, it's satisfying, I promise. Um, yeah, so our actual play TTRPG podcast currently in the middle of our third season, Your Honor, uh, where some of these fools play fantasy attorneys or something adjacent to that. And uh, yeah, we have some very interesting things coming this year. But thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk at you real soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Baby, baby, baby. Goodbye. No! <laughs> 